On today's Locked On Texan podcast, the good, the bad, the ugly, Cody and I look at the 31-20 loss versus the Colts. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fans, welcome to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your Texans football analyst. John, some sports guy, Hickman, joining me as always, is your Texans credential media member, Sports Illustrated's own, Cody Davis. Thank you to our new listeners and viewers. If you are new to the podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. For today's episode, we are going to look at the good, the bad, the absolute ugly from Sunday's loss versus the Indianapolis Colts. Josh Jones, was that a waste of a trade and a career day for Nico Collins? When we start off today's show, as we start off today's show, it's very important to look at C.J. Stroud, 30 of 47 from the field, 340, 84 yards, two TDs, but he was sacked six times. Did have a passer rating of 103, QBR 50.2. As a team, the Houston Texans, 26 carries, 52 yards, two yards per carry. Again, in back-to-back weeks, Houston unable to establish themselves on the ground. Again, career day for Nico Collins, seven catches, 146 yards, TD on a day. Tank Dale getting in on the action, seven catches for 72 yards and a TD as well. Uh, Quiet day for Will Anderson Jr., three tackles. Um, didn't have any tackles for loss, no sacks, so not as impactful as he was week one. MJ Stewart led the way for the Houston Texans with 10 total tackles. The story of the game when Anthony Richardson, who scored two TDs on the ground, <laughs> was picking off the first quarter, making it very difficult for Houston to climb out of that deficit. Gardner Minshew stepped in. Went 19 of 23 from the field, 171 yards, one TD, and was spectacular on third down. Cody, when we look at the good, the bad, the ugly, Mm. I think it's important to start with the good before we get a little bad and ugly in here. Career day for Nico, career day for C.J. Stroud in his second NFL game, career day for Tank Dale in his (laughs) second career uh, NFL game. What were some of the better takeaways from Sunday's matchup? Well, I'm going to start with the most important one, and that is this wide receiving court might be a little bit better than what we came into the season expecting. You know, that wide receiving core, and we looked at the fact they did that they did not have a quote-unquote number one wide receiver or whatever the case might be. Uh, we kind of questioned whether or not C.J. Stroud was going into a favorable situation. However, this is the second consecutive week where we saw Nico Collins and Robert Woods step up and create plays for CJ Stroud and not only that John listeners and viewers I had my share of doubts when the Texans drafted him given his size given his statures even though he 
show some potential, some promise throughout OTAs, mandatory mini camp, rookie mini camp, joint practices, preseason. I was still like, okay, can't take Dale carry over this performance when the game really matters. John, I got to give credit to you because you was one of the people saying, look, I don't know why in the world was Bobby Slow a favoring Noah Brown over Tank Dale in their season debut against the Baltimore Ravens. Some people went as far as to say if Tank Dale did get a little bit more snaps, the Texans might have won their season opener against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not going to go that far, but I will say this. Tank Dell is that playmaker that's definitely going to make a difference for the Houston Texans. And look, I get it. That that first touchdown that CJ Stroud connected with Tank Dell, I think that should have been a touchdown. However, it was called back due to a penalty. But you're looking at a situation where the Texans over the last two seasons, before the arrival of Tank Dell, before the arrival of CJ Stroud, before, you know, Nico Collins finally looking like he's taking that next step. And even before the arrival of Robert Woods to a certain extent, because you have that veteran that you can trust on third downs. This is another game where you could walk away thinking to yourself, once this team's get, once this team get healthy, once Coach D'Amico Ryan, Bobby Sloyd find their groove, as coaches because once again this is only their second career game as head coaches as offensive coordinators and once a guy like Tank Dale, CJ Stroud, once they literally learn how to move past this learning stages of their career, this team really has something special and I just set up I just set up inside NRG Stadium really impressed by what I saw out of this wide receiving core and of course Kudos to C.J. Stroud, man. I mean, this young man, the fact that he finished with almost 400 yards, he finished with 384, which is the second highest passing game by a rookie quarterback. You know who the first one is, the guy that used to wear number four. But, you know, kudos to him. He had a phenomenal performance given the fact that he was playing with a bum shoulder, given the fact that his offensive line was terrible. But that wide receiving core, man, they stepped up when the time needed, especially considering that this was an offense that was hindered, that was hampered, that was handicapped by the inefficiencies of their run game. Yeah, I think a good positive to look at and take away from this game for Houston, 9 of 19 on third downs, uh, 2 of 2 on fourth downs. You look at the efficiency, that's something that is a positive. Again, as Cody mentioned, uh, for Houston, specifically in that fourth quarter where they're still trying to climb and fight back. And for a moment there, I think if Kami Fairbairn doesn't, you know, smoke that field goal. Well, that 50-yard field goal. That should have been like a 43 or something like that. It was a penalty Mm -hmm. before that. But if he doesn't smoke that, then maybe there's a different outcome where Houston could possibly, you know, go down there and score. But again, for the day, We'll get into it more. The offensive line just did make CJ's job any easier. Um, but overall, I think the efficiencies on those conversion downs, third and fourth downs, that's a good takeaway. Uh, but we got to look at Nico. The questions hmm. are <laughs> answered, right? I mean, going into his third year, and right now, Nico Collins is third in the NFL in receiving yards. So, yeah, shout out to Nico. <laughs> But going into his third year, the question mark surrounding Nico was health. And with a better quarterback, will you be more productive? Will those productive ways show up on a stat sheet? Because I thought he was productive last year, just Mm -hmm. didn't get an opportunity to have the stat sheet to back it up. 
And so for Nico, that was the question mark for him. And it's proven that with better quarterback play, <laughs> he is being much more productive. And so I think that's the story for me looking at a guy that uh, regardless of how we feel about Nick Casario to this point, a guy that came in, uh, Houston Texans drafted drafted him a couple of years ago when this team was god-awful, terrible roster. There was no one outside of Brandon Cooks at the time that you thought would be a staple for this franchise. And Nico suffered due to the lack of consistent and efficient quarterback play. In two games into his 2023 season, in his third season in the NFL, two games in, Nico Collins is already on pace to be a 1,000-yard receiver, mm. and he is halfway to his season career total high. That's crazy. That's crazy. In two games, <laughs> he's almost you know going to be better than what he's been in the last two two seasons. And so, uh, shout out to Nico Collins. I mean, he had a very good day. Tank Dale was a guy that it's apparent to see he needs to be a factor. Mm. Uh, for this team to be successful in this passing game. Before we move on, another good thing, more so due to the story, but John Mechie yes, sir. his first NFL pass on Sunday. Now, granted, it was in the, in, in the times where I think the coach were playing prevent defense, but one catch, 17 yards uh, on the day for John Mechie. Uh, you you, you got to like that simply because we understand John Mechie's story and he being out on that field, that's uh, just good to see. Brevin Jordan also caught up two passes yesterday for 27 yards. So a guy that I think we were all confused as to why he made the roster did give you something yesterday. We'll see if Brevin Jordan continues to trend upward for the Houston Texans. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, they help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy. Just add your job and then additionally add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedinjobs.com slash locked on NFL. Prize picks, prize picks. Everybody should want to play prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy, available in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, listen, you pick more or less between two to six players on their player stat projections and just watch the money come in. Win up to 25 times your money on any bet that you place on any entry that you place this football season. Do you think Justin Jefferson is going to go for over 
100 yards or less. Lamar Jackson, is he going to rush for more than one touchdown or less? Odell Beckham, is he going to catch for more than 50 yards or less? You place your bet. You place your entry. And then you just watch the money roll in. Prospects offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prospects discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prospects also now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy to buy the deposits into your account this football season. So again, Super simple, super easy. Place your entry. Watch the money roll in. Go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this recap Monday installment of Locked On Texans. The Texans are 0-2 at the start of the 2023 campaign, but now we're going to look at the bad, and John, I'm going to just jump right into it. This offensive line is terrible. Let me preface my statement by saying this. I am still of the belief that injuries have hampered this team on both sides of the ball. Um, Yesterday following the game, had an opportunity to ask Coach D'Amico Rhines, you know, how frustrating is it for this team to go down 0-2 knowing that injuries have played a significant role in why the Texans are winless to start the season? Yeah, we don't make excuses or mistakes about injuries, right? If you're out there, you got to do your job. That's what so we all get paid to do. We're professionals. You're out there, do your job. We would love to have all of our guys back, but uh, it's something you deal with, and it's next man up mentality, and that's an opportunity for whoever that is, right, who gets the opportunity to go in the game is the opportunity to showcase, all right, what can you do, right, to help our team win the game. So injuries are opportunities. The one thing that I do appreciate about this coaching staff, they hold everybody to the same standards, and they actually take accountability when things do not go right for the second <laughs> And in the words of Coach D'Amico Ryans, you know, injuries is a chance for somebody to come in. It's an opportunity for them to come in and help this team win games. And I 100% agree with that. And that's why I'm going to give a fair assessment of Josh Jones. Josh Jones was a waste of a fifth-round pick. I'm going to just go ahead on and say it like that. Mm. He literally Mm. was. And I know why you're saying, "Mm," because we had the discussion a couple weeks ago about whether or not it's good for a team to give up a late-round draft pick and all that other stuff. But, John, the one thing that sparked my interest, when you go back and take a look at what Coach D'Amico Ryan said, it's an opportunity. And the one thing that I have been talking about in terms of the arrival of Josh Jones, I kept saying – what are the Houston Texans are going to get out of Jones? Because he was best at left tackle. When you go back and take a look at the career year that he had with the Arizona Cardinals just last year, this young man had a pro football focus grade of 75.9 in pass protection, and he played 610 snaps, the most, at left tackle. And the one thing that I kept saying was, how in the world are the Texans going to utilize him at his best attribute? Because you have Laramie Tunsil, and you know without a shadow of a doubt, if it's not, if it only if it's due to injuries, 
that's the only way he's going to get an opportunity to play at left tackle. Well, Sunday, unfortunately, Laramie Tulsa was out due to a knee injury. Hopefully he'd be back for Sunday's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this was Josh Jones' opportunity, and he failed. CJ Stroud got sacked six times, and I counted at least twice that it was literally Josh Jones' fault. This offensive line is bad. This offensive line is terrible. And if you ask me, when you look at the starting, the the start, the five guys that started on that offensive front, Josh Jones was by far the worst. Bobby Slork deserves a, a share to blame for Sunday's loss as well. Um, we talk about Josh Jones. There was one moment in the game where, because of the offensive scheme or what it, the play that they were running. Mm-hmm. I saw Robert Woods blocking a DN, not in open field to you know give a lane, but said Hut snapped the ball, and I see Robert Woods blocking down on a DN. Uh, well, that DN made the play to, to to break up that play for the, the Indianapolis Coast defense. Uh, also, you look at Bobby Slork using a, a fullback dive in a crucial, critical moment mm-hmm. where Houston could have still. Uh, being in that game. So you, you look at that. You also look at Bobby Slough. Again, this is going back to it, and this is a player that we will have an opportunity to dive into. But Bobby Slough not being able to this point find ways to get Damian Pierce involved in the game if the run isn't there. Bobby Slough continuously going with some of these play actions, and it's kind of like the run isn't there. The respect of the run isn't there. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm you're going to have to prove to me that you can run the ball. If not, you're going to have to beat me with the pass, which is why we saw at the end of the game, uh, CJ trial go for nearly 400 yards. But I do think, you know, I'm going to give him a good share to blame. I'm not one of those people that's calling for Bobby Slaughter to get fired two games into the season. That's just that's stupid. that's just ridiculous to me. But accountability is is fair, and it's going to be real here. Bobby Sloyd was outcoached, and he did not find ways consistently to to maximize the potential of the better players that he has out on the field right now. We know that they're down Larry Tunsil. We know that they're down Titus Howard. We know that they're down every offensive lineman, not not named Shaq Mason. Right? We 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 get that. We understand that, but. Got to find different ways to get to get your offense involved. Uh, also, the trenches. I'm talking about Josh Jones, so you know that's the offensive line. They did have a bad day, six sacks, and I believe thirteen or fourteen pressures. Not one hundred percent sure. I'll go back and find out. But I'm not going to talk about the offensive line. Because boy, did the defense who went into the game with only three active defensive tackles, did they not get their behinds handed to you? The story of the game for Houston could absolutely be C.J. Stroud in the six sacks. Or it could be between Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson, no sacks on a day, no pressures on a day, uh, only a couple of QB hits. No, I'm sorry. One QB hit for the Houston Texans. Uh, no tackles for loss. And again, no sacks. It was pathetic watching the defensive line for Houston. And it's kind of funny because 
We thought that was going to be a stronger point based off the first preseason game. I mean, uh, the last preseason game and the first regular season game. But they could not get into the face of any quarterback on a day for the Indianapolis Colts. They were pushed around. They allowed Zach Moss and other backs to and, and Anthony Richardson early in the game before he went out due to concussion. They were moved out of the way. Lanes were created for the backfield, for the for the quarterbacks, and they had a terrible day. I talked about Will Anderson not being as impactful, neither was John Grenard on the day, but the DNs, I think, was a product. Their lack of explosion or product productivity was a product of the defensive tackles, just getting blown off the line and, and getting ran right past. Also, you look at a lot of bad tackles, missed tackles, and when Eric Murray went down with that injury, uh, Houston Coleman, the safety for, for, for the Houston Texans, he stepped in with MJ Stewart. They just had a rough time with their coverages down the field. Uh, a couple of busted coverages, but that's what happens when you're out, when, when Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward is out. But I had a big issue with the trenches play, the defensive tackles. They were moved out the way like rag dogs, and, 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 and that's a, a position – that needs to be addressed. I don't see another week without Khalil Davis getting called up, and he needs more opportunities uh, over Kirk Hennish. FanDuel snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, then there's no better place and no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Locked On Texans. Um, before we go, we got to take a look at the ugly that went terribly wrong for the Texans as they fall to the Indianapolis Colts, 31-20. to 20. I think when you look at the offensive line, it could be considered both a bad and the ugly for this organization. However, I did have an opportunity to catch up with George Fant for a quick one-on-one, and this is what he had to say. Real quick, just what are some of the adjustments the offensive line made and how you guys feel like y'all played today versus last week? Um, I mean, obviously, when you see these just shuffling around again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's some times of the game, points of the game where we gave CJ some time, and you see the plays he made. You know, I think that like well, we took a step offensively. I feel like you know, in the mm-hmm. run game as well. There's some there's some good and there's bad, you know. So yeah. um, I, I just think that we got to continue doing it and, uh, as as a as an organization, just not panic. Yeah. It's week two, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. There's a lot of games left. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in this situation before, man. And yeah. It's uh, one of those things, man, where, like, you panic, it can go bad. If you mm-hmm. stay, stay locked in next week, you know, it's one of those situations where every week you're just trying to go 1-0. You're not, you're not worrying about what the record is because it doesn't really matter yeah. until, you know, you get to later in the season. So, uh, divisional loss, but um, I still think we did some growing in the situation. Yes, sir. Um, last question before I let you go. Yeah. How important will it be just for if you guys can get, get just get through an entire week of just having that continuity and stability yeah. on that offensive yeah, line? Yeah, no, it'd, it'd be very important, you know. And 
you know, I don't know how long I'll, how much longer I'll be in this line, but you know, uh, from the little bit that me and Shaq got, I feel like we're playing pretty well together right now. And um, you know, I just think that once we get all our guys back healthy and, and going, Thank you, man. Cody, that was a great question, that last question, about the continuity, continuity throughout the week. Because uh, mm-hmm. he hasn't had that since week two of training camp, maybe? Yeah, since so Scott it's, it's started while. Went down. And, and from when Scott went down, and then you see Titus go down. With Scott, there was already a contingency plan in place with mm-hmm. Houston drafted Juice Scrubs. There was no real contingency plan for no Titus Howard. No Laramie Tunsil. And I'm not sure how much of a contingency plan there was for King and Green as well. There was a backup, but not somebody you'd see. We trust you right now. So for Houston offensive line, it's, it's crazy to see that, again, the best part of this team going into training camp is now the worst part of this team. Hmm. And, and that's a story in itself. Yeah, and look. The, the one thing, whether you go back to last week's game, go back to this week's game, once again, I'm 100% agreeing with Coach D'Amico Ryan. There's no excuses. However, it's just really bad how much injuries have really taken the toll of this team, and especially the offensive line. However, when you look at the lackluster performance from the offensive line, the defensive backfield, you know, it's all due to injuries because they're missing not only talent, but they're missing their best players. However, the same cannot be said for the linebacking core because Boy, I was just sitting inside NRG Stadium watching Gardner Minshew just to pick the Houston Texans defense by attacking that linebacking core, and boy, was it bad. Yeah, it was a, that second level was was getting toe up throughout the game. Um, I thought, I, and there was several times throughout the game, I'm, I'm asking myself, I haven't seen Christian Harris. I haven't heard Christian Harris. I haven't witnessed – Christian Harris yet. He only had one tackle on the day. Mm. <clears throat> Henry Toto, the rookie, uh, he had a fairly good game. Denzel Perriman continues to be the linebacker that was a good signing when Houston signed him in the offseason. He's having a, a decent season for Houston so far, two back-to-back games where I was impressed. But if this linebacker core is going to have moments where Christian Harris is just like, where are you? then they're going to have a very difficult season. And again, at every level for this team right now, maybe excluding the quarterback position, but at running back, at offensive line, at defensive tackle, linebacker, which I was very critical of, and I got called a bunch of, you know, whatever. (laughs) And now it's safety. There isn't – it's not good depth. It's, it's, It's not good depth on this team. If the guys that are starters go down or the guys that are starters aren't producing, then a next man up mentality, it's a great mentality to have, but the productivity won't be there. And I'm I'm very impressed with the wide receiver core, right? And I think that showed to have some depth there, maybe just because of the playmakers, maybe because of how Nico Collins, better than what we thought. But Nico Collins has played well. Robert Woods has played well. Of course, now you want to see more Tank Dale in the mix. Dalton Schultz finally caught a pass for the Houston Texans. And he's a guy that if you scratch your head two times, still may not see Dalton Schultz. 
from the first couple of games because he just had been he had a mental error, dropped the pass. I don't know what's going on with Dalton Schultz, but he did finally catch a pass. But the depth for Houston is what's ugly right now. And the inability to run the ball. I'm going to go as far to say use the pass to set up the run moving forward, at least for the next two games, at least until you get Titus Howard back, <laughs> Larry Tunsil back, and get that offensive line together to where your bookends are back on the field and now you're a little bit more balanced out. But moving forward, and this may be for the entire year because they're not getting really a lot of production interior either. I would look to use the pass to set up the run, right? Maybe on first and ten. Uh, let me get a quick, maybe a quick, quick crossing route to pick up between four to five yards. So now we're looking at second to five. Okay, now Damian Pierce can operate, and, and we can we can fall forward for four yards, maybe. And if not, if it's a tackle with no gain or for loss, we're still in a fairly good position to move the ball and keep these drives going. Because from what I saw on Sunday, the offense moves better, operates better, even with the pressure in his face, even with him running for his life, with C.J. Stroud has the ball in his hands, which is why I go back to that fullback dive play. And it was with Andrew Beck? I didn't understand it. I did not understand it. It's not there. Why well, take the ball out of the man's hand who was hot to get you down there? That was a boneheaded decision, but I think that's the ugliest part. And also, it was a fight in the NRG stadium. Yeah, and that was pretty. Like it got that. ugly. That got ugly. <laughs> oh, that was ugly. That was ugly. It was a rough day for Houston at the stadium, at home, on the couch, watching the TV screen, or on the field. It just was a bad and ugly day for the franchise. Now, speaking of franchise, bad or ugly day, two games in, the Texans got something special with C.J. Stroud. Because yeah. as bad as that game was, He's been you walked away, you walked out of NRG Stadium thinking to yourself, man, C.J. Stroud is going to be something real special once he you, get it you going. You guys want to know what I, <laughs> what I thought to myself yesterday? On that Nico Collins touchdown pass? Don't I say thought it. to myself. Don't say it. I thought to myself, <laughs> Wow, that's why you draft CJ because at the very least you don't have Davis Mills out on the field because Davis Mills probably would have overthrown that ball. Oh, Mind you, Nico Collins is six four. So, <laughs> but thank you guys for listening to this Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.